Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be with all of our listeners once again today. So thankful to have this opportunity to again come together, open up God's Word, and study from its tremendous teachings, promises, blessings, direction, guidance, wisdom, all of that and more that God has incorporated within his word, within the scriptures, within the Bible, to guide us and help us to live the best life that we could live in this world, and I mean the most fulfilling, the most joyful, the most, uh, the life that will give us the most self-worth and continued happiness, and also the life that will give us the ultimate promise and hope and assurance of eternal life with him in heaven. Boy, God's word is just tremendous. We want to help as many people as we can learn the Bible better. We always offer a free Bible study at the end of every program. I want to encourage you to have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. And at the end of the program, jot down the information by which you can contact us And then do that, contact us, ask for the free Bible course that we always offer. It is right from God's word, it is easy to understand, and it can help you change your life and the direction of your life for the better. In fact, it can give you hope that you felt you did not have. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, again for free. We never charge anybody, never charge anybody, to help for helping them learn God's word. We want to help you get to heaven. The materials that we offer are always free, and we'll even take care of the postage. So do have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready, and you can jot down that information at the end of the program, and then you could contact us. We want to help you find real hope in life. Now, a whole lot of people, they're just out there groping around. They don't know really what they're looking for. They, they hear that they need to be happy and they don't feel happy and so they look for happiness in all the wrong places. They keep trying the same kinds of things, maybe with a different partner or maybe with a different associate or friend or relationship. Uh, maybe they'll go from job to job, bouncing around. Maybe they'll turn to drugs or alcohol. But they keep trying basically the same kind of ways to find what they, kept to, what they have kept missing by searching in those same kinds of ways. But they seem to have a difficult time learning the lesson, this isn't working. God's word works. It can change your life. It's interesting how... The Apostle Paul put it in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 when he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God's word is powerful. In fact, the Hebrews writer puts it that way in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Notice what he says there. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Boy, God's word is living. It is powerful. It can cut us to our very heart. It can help us to, to realize the the mistakes we've been making in going in directions in our lives 
that are away from God, looking for some kind of fulfillment in places or in sources that are surface level, that are ungodly. It can help us find that new direction. It can offer us the greatest hope that anybody can have, and that is eternity, eternal life with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. God's word, powerful. We do hope you'll contact us at the end of the program today. Now we're going to get back into the study that we started last time, talking about drifting. And basically we're talking about how we need to beware of drifting. I, I mentioned the, the point, or use the illustration, that you go out on a boat on open water. Now it could be a lake. It could be a large pond, but you get into a boat and you're going to go fishing. You go out to a particular spot and you start to drop your line. Maybe you're using live bait. Maybe you're using an artificial lure. You start to work that line. You start to work that hook. You're trying to attract the fish to bite your hook so that you can catch the fish. And you may go to a spot and it turns out that you're catching some fish there. But now, after a few minutes, the fish aren't biting there anymore. But it's not really that they're not biting there. You look around, and because of the current of the water, your boat has drifted away from the spot where you were catching fish. The reason being, you did not have an anchor on the boat. To stabilize the boat in that particular location, so you could keep using that particular spot to catch the fish. So you've drifted away, gradually, slowly, imperceptibly, but after a few minutes you look around and you realize, I'm not where I was. I've drifted away. So now you've got to get back to the place where you were. Well, if you'd had the anchor there to begin with, you would have been okay. We talked about a pilot of an airplane. Let's say he's starting out from San Francisco and he's going to fly across the ocean to some point in China or maybe Japan. He may be flying a thousand miles or a couple thousand miles, a long way over open water. Now there's no landmarks to speak of over that open ocean. And so he sets his compass, he gets his bearings, and he starts on that particular line of direction to get from where he starts to where he wants to be. Now, he's got to continue to check his compass from time to time because if he's not careful, his bearing, his heading, can drift a little bit off course. And by drifting just a little bit off course, as much as just one degree over a long distance he can miss his desired destination by 50 or 100 miles or even more. I mean, he can miss it by so much he won't even see it. And he may wonder, where am I? Well, that could be a very dangerous prospect because he could run out of fuel, end up crashing, or having to land someplace where he doesn't want to be. The same thing would be true of a pilot on an ocean-going ship. 
He's got to make sure that he checks his bearing, checks his compass, that he's online with where he needs to be because, again, just drifting off course by one degree will mean he'll miss his destination. And depending on the distance he's traveling, by a whole lot. We talked about the technical definition of the word sin. It means a missing of the mark. <laughs> what could be more appropriate? Drifting off course, missing the mark, and heading into ungodliness. The word transgress is very similar. To go aside, to go beyond. You've missed the mark. You've not hit your destination. You're off course. You've drifted away. You've drifted off course. We used one particular illustration to get the point across in our last program, and we talked about how so often we find husbands and wives who may have been married for 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 or 25 years or even more, who one day come to the point where they, they decide, you know, we don't really have a very good relationship anymore. I, I'm not sure we even love each other anymore. Now, they had loved each other so much that they did not want to spend the rest of their lives without each other, and so they got married. They probably had children, maybe raised their children to become adults, saw them get off on their own and start their own adult lives. But then they come to that point where they say, I, I don't, well, what happened? I don't know, they say. We just drifted apart. <laughs> just drifted apart. Without even realizing that it was happening for a long time, probably, just drifted away from each other in their relationship. Well, how sad that is. You see, the most important relationship that we should have in our lives is our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God the Father. You see, our bearings and our heading and our compass in life should be pointing us toward heaven. If we don't get to heaven, as we've said many times in this program, then our lives are a failure. It doesn't matter how much money we accumulate. It doesn't matter how many things we end up owning. It doesn't matter how high a position of prestige we are within our company or within society, social circles. It doesn't matter how much education we've got, how many degrees we wear on our sleeve. If we don't get to heaven, we will have been an utter, utter failure in life because nothing really matters except getting to heaven. And don't think you're going to get somebody else to heaven if you're not going there yourself. You've got to make sure your heading is straight. You've got to make sure your compass is set and that you're on course. Now that means your life is being lived in Jesus Christ for him and that you're heading every day a little closer toward heaven. Eternity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, just as many husbands and wives drift apart and end up losing their relationship with each other, many Christians become careless and stop paying attention to nurturing their faith. Faith is not something that just happens to us. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Boy, we've emphasize that a whole lot in the program over the years.
But we've got to nurture that faith. We've got to keep paying attention to our faith, to our spiritual lives, not taking it for granted, just as a husband needs to never take his wife for granted. And a wife never needs to take her relationship with her husband for granted. But they always need to continue to be those loving mates. And if they're truly soulmates as well, if their life is centered in Jesus Christ, then they'll most likely stay mates in every other way as well. In Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 23, the Hebrews writer says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Oh, we need to not drift. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So we say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in God. I love the Lord. I love my Father in heaven. We've got to hold fast to that confession. We, never, we need to never take it for granted. We never need to lose sight of where our life should be centered. We can drift off course. Remember in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 that the Hebrews writer there said that we need to be even that we need to give the more earnest heed, the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, God's word, obviously, lest we drift away. So let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And then verse 24 of Hebrews chapter 10, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So I need to pay attention to nurturing my faith, and I also need to care about my brothers and sisters in Christ and encourage them in their faith. And then verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now he's talking there basically about We need to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ to worship God, to study his word, to be the church. But how many people think they don't need the church? (laughs) They don't need the church to have a relationship with God. Why do you think God sent his son to this world to establish the church if you don't need it? Jesus died on that cross for the church for those who would become Christians, for those who would come to him for forgiveness and salvation through the blood that he shed on that cross, the church. In Matthew chapter 16, he told the apostles, even death would not prevent his establishing the church on this earth. You think you don't need the church? You're drifting off course. In fact, you've already drifted off course. And you need to come back. But how many people think, I don't need to be at church services? Well, you know, the devil has really pulled your anchor up. And you're way away from where you might have been to begin with. You're certainly way away from where you need to be. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, the apostle Paul at the end of that interesting list of the pieces of the Christian armor, he says, at the end of that list, praying praying always with all prayer 
and supplication of the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now he's talked about making sure that daily we wear the whole armor of God. You can pick up that text in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. You can read it on down through verse 20. But he talks about putting on the whole armor so that we can withstand, or in other words, stand strong and faithful in the evil day. And so he talks about girding our waist with truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, shoeing our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking with us always the shield of faith, holding that in front of us to fend off all the fiery darts or temptations of the devil, wearing the helmet of salvation, carrying the sword of the Spirit always, which is the word of God, and then praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. You think you don't need the church? You, don't, you think you don't need to have a formal relationship with the body of Christ, which is the church? Are you praying to God daily? Are you praying to God through the day? The Apostle Paul said in another text in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, pray without ceasing or pray continually. He's not talking about praying every waking moment of every day, but he's talking about prayer needs to be a central part of our lives and it needs to be an ongoing part of our lives. We need to pray every day. We need to pray a number of times through the day. Because that is one way, one vital way, that we keep in communion with God. That's our hotline to the throne room in heaven, prayer. Many don't realize that they don't pray as much as they used to pray. And they gradually drift into less and less communication with God, into less and less communion with God and less and less focus on God's will for their lives. Interesting. Interesting. They drift away from that close relationship that they once had with God. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul encouraged us. In fact, we need to use stronger words admonished, exhorted us. Be diligent, he says. Again, active word, diligence. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. See, we have a responsibility to present ourselves approved to God. How? A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Now, we need to be able to handle God's word correctly, accurately, We need to make the right applications to our lives and in the life that we live before others. How do we do that? Well, we study. In fact, the King James Version says, study to show yourself approved unto God. We've got to get into God's word, not just occasionally, not just now and then, but on a continual basis. Because you see, God has given us his word to guide us to salvation initially through Jesus Christ and then to equip us to live the faithful, dedicated, committed Christian life that he wants us to live before him so that we can be with him in heaven for eternity. The third chapter of 2 Timothy, 
And verse 15 says, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. Paul is reminding Timothy here. You have known the Holy Scriptures from childhood, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Well, again, where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. How do we learn about Jesus Christ? Through the New Testament, through the prophecies of the Old Testament. How do we learn what to do in order to be forgiven of our sins, to come to God through Jesus Christ, to be saved through the teachings of the scriptures? And then he goes on and says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, which means literally it is God-breathed or God's very word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So it is our guide book to guide us through our lives in a life of faithfulness and dedication and commitment and service to God. Living for him, walking with him. And then verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word gives us the information the guidance, the direction to be a faithful Christian, to be a faithful follower of God. God's word does that for us. Why would people think they don't need to read the Bible? Well, again, the devil has been very skillful in helping them drift away. And they may not even have realized how far away from God they have drifted but they have. Many folks drift away from active involvement in the church, from active involvement and dedication in living the Christian life, and they become weak spiritually as a result of what they're missing, what they're no longer involved in, and they think they're okay until maybe On Judgment Day, they wake up and they look around and say, Whoa, this is not where I want to be. And you can get the message. We're going to stop today. Our time is out. So we're going to come back and pick up this study next time. Do hope that this is helping you to refocus on your life and ask yourselves, Am I what I should be? Am I where I need to be and want to be? In just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us. Write down that information. Let us hear from you so we can send you that free Bible study. And again, you can receive a copy of today's program on CD for free, and we'll take care of the postage. Hope to hear from you right away.